this is Darlene, Amy's behind-the-scenes podcast ninja. If you follow Amy on social media or hang out in the After Hours Club on Facebook, then you may be aware that she has had some health issues lately. Being true to her word to walk her own talk, she is taking some time off from the podcast to tend to her own healing and self-care. She will be back in a few weeks with new episodes. Until then, we are going to be airing some of the After Hours members' favorite and most impactful podcast episodes. One quick note before we start the show. Because this is a rebroadcast, any references to promotional items, workshops, or events have since expired. Now, here is this week's community favorite, episode 215, For the Love of Money, Part 2. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Hello, my love. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing, baby? I am doing wonderful. You ready to talk to the audience? Yes, I am ready to talk about money. For the love of money. Our second. Second installment. Installment of. If you did not catch last week's episode, be sure to listen to that as well because we ended up having far too much content to have just one episode. So kind of last minute, I decided that we were going to have to do a two-parter. And there's a lot of things that I cover off in last week's episode in uh, 214 that you will want to be sure to have under your belt before you jump into this episode. It's not that you're not going to get a ton of rich content or nuggets out of this week's episode, But there's a lot of stuff from last week that is very much in tandem that will further cement your understanding of what we're discussing today. And yeah, so this is a really exciting topic. It's something that the two of us have really diligently worked on probably for the last three years, I'd say. Yeah, and three, four years. radically changed Mm -hmm. our financial health and house. And I feel very strongly like if we can do it, you can do it. You know? I, I'm pretty sure of that. Because, I mean, I was in this massive love affair with debt and super mean to my money. <laughs> and which just both of us always in constant fear of not having enough and just a very disordered relationship. So we're going to jump into that uh, quite a bit today. I'm going to talk about a few more topics related to this idea of being in a relationship with money, an actual entity. So the, I started that last week, and I'm going to add a couple of points this week. And then I'm going to give you some specific exercises that I want you to do. You know, I'm always advocating getting into action, doing something different. If you just listen to this while you're driving and like, oh, yeah, that that crazy bee is onto something, that's great, but that doesn't mean anything in your life is going to change until you really make a concerted effort to get into some action. So I'll tell you exactly what to do about that. Right on. 
Yeah, I'm excited. And then we're going to be off and go hang out with some friends and spend all of our riches because we're loaded. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to a farmer's market. Yeah, it's just a farmer's market. (laughs) Yeah. Which can get kind of pricey. We're going to be like tossing money like. Yeah, throwing them $1 bills out. At the nectarines. Like. (laughs) I'll take some of those nectarines like this. Throwing some green beans. Yeah. All right. They kind of look like boobs, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's what turns us on is a solid nectar. Nice cantaloupe. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, let's give the mic to you for a minute for a section or a segment we like to call Would You Rather? Yes. Would You Rather? All right, today's Would You Rather is Would You Rather Be Transformed 500 Years into the Future? Or transported, I should say. Okay. 500 years into the future or 500 years into the past. So that would be... Whoa. 1517 or 2517. And the stipulation is you can only have a carry-on to go with you. Wow, this is a good one, Mr. Smith. You like this one? I do. I like I like Because I've already answered that. all your questions. Yeah, yeah. 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 You, you gave me everything <laughs> that I needed to know to make a sound judgment. Okay. <laughs> Oh man, that is really hard because in one, I mean, no matter what, you're going to be a total fish out of water. For sure. Who knows what things are like in 2517? Well, we kind of know what things were like in 1517, you know. That makes me, yeah, I feel like, well, okay. 1517. It was very very Baroque Rococo period. Yeah, Ming Dynasty and the Ottoman Empire, right? And, but okay, so here's what I think of from a garment and adornment of course, perspective. Yes, let's go Elizabethan, right? 1517, that was the era that was before of, that was actually before Elizabethan. Elizabethan wasn't until the mid 1500s, right? I don't know. I'm just trying to tell you about Baroque Rococo. Oh, oh because no, sorry. let me tell Excuse you. Me. If you have seen the Madonna Vogue video where they are in those gigantic uh, well, actually, it, this might have been a live appearance that she did, but it's uh-huh. it's basically the wigs that were like three feet tall. Yes, and the, that's the European style. The exactly, uh-huh. and the dresses that were huge, huge. on the bottom. On they the had bottom. the long sleeves and the and the ruffled shoulders. Yes, and then the small waists and huge big booties. Yes, yes, gigantic. So really hard to do anything in and that was the real kiss like tight lips that's right that was beauty spots got introduced the japanese influence or the yeah if you want a little insight here okay because i took fashion through the centuries and (laughs) learned incredible stuff about this but the beauty spot the reason why they started having a beauty spot it was actually little pieces of fabric that they would stick onto their skin because there was lesions that were happening on the skin they weren't showering because the white that they were powdering to use on their face oh, was lead, was right. actually lead, That's and it was right. eating through the skin. Mm-hmm. And so they would take little patches of fabric, and that was what they would use to cover up their decrepit skin. And this was aristocracy. I mean, yeah. this is crazy that that's what the wealthy, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So part of me is anyway. like, dude, that would be amazing. But those wigs that were like two or three feet tall, they would house vermin because <laughs> they would, you know, rats and shit would get stuck in there. Right. I don't know if I could go. That's why they call it a bird's nest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think I would 
there's part of me that's like, oh my gosh, that ornate decoration would mm-hmm. be so fun. Well, the, the, here's the thing I think about. You could take like money yeah. from this era or lighters or, uh, you know, an electric something, Oh, you know, things that they didn't have back then. An iPhone. And an iPhone, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't matter because you couldn't plug it in, oh. right? You would have to take things that would mean something to that time. You would be like the most famous inventor of all time. That's true. Right? You could make a ton of money, but you'd live in the 1500s. But if you go to the 2517 and let's say you took money from, I don't know, the 1800s. Yeah. Like if you found, had a collection of money or something like that and you took it to 2517, how much money you could make off things like that. Or even like comic books or, you know, things like that. You could make a killing, right? But I have a feeling that it's going to be so radically different that we might even the way technology That's 500 years the way That's technology crazy. is moving i feel like we're not even going to see other humans anymore like we're not even going to engage <laughs> we won't even be here it's going to yeah it could be right I, you don't know you could uh, go to 2517 and there'd be dinosaurs for all you know i yeah it like non-existent because yeah. where we're headed with global warming we might just fucking extinct ourselves before we even know it another so, yeah. great reason not to have kids by the way this could be a pretty lengthy would you rather we could do this all damn day, all day. i think we'll I'd, bring this up at our uh, conversation with our friends today at lunch i think i still would pick future would you i think i would pick future just because i i i have a theory that the millennials are going to save us and put us on a trajectory to i love it awesome shit cool I hope I'm right. And the idea of wearing one of those fucking corsets every day <laughs> and having misogyny and the patriarchy live and well. Yeah. I, For women, it's a bad time. It's yeah. a rough situation. That's true. So I think I'll go future. We would love to hear from you. If you didn't know this, I have a very exclusive private group that's available to anybody. Oh, yeah. the after hours. <laughs> Our Joy Junkie <laughs> After Hours Club is going off on Facebook. All you have to do is go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It'll redirect you to the Facebook group. Or you can search the Joy Junkie After Hours Club on Facebook and we should pop up. You just have to answer one quick question to get in and I will approve you. And we always talk about what we would rather every single week. I do videos. I do live Q&A stuff every Friday. And it's an additional level of support. There's coupon codes that float around for various things that I have going on. You, you definitely want to come and hang out. Definitely want to be up in the club. All up in the club yeah. with the Joy Junkie. All right. Well, since we've been talking about money, even though we're not talking about money from the 1500s, <laughs> let's talk about money right now and what is happening for you in your relationship with your finances. This is a really, really big deal. And until I truly understood what was happening on an energetic level, I really felt like I was subject to my circumstance and kind of a victim to my circumstance. External influence. Yeah. And really quite powerless, almost as though I was just being being yanked around and I didn't have much say in the matter. And when I really understood that I am in relationship with my money the same way I'm in relationship with you, with Mr. Smith, the same way I'm in relationship with my clients, anything else is it's exactly the same thing. It's an energetic exchange. So I talked about that a lot last week. 
And I really encourage you to go back and listen to that. Again, it'll be linked in the show notes as well as the After Hours Club will be linked in the show notes as well. But this idea that we are going to treat our finances almost as though they are a real human. Yeah, like a person. Can totally transform how you engage with money daily. I talked about two specific ways to pay attention to your relationship with your finances last week. And then I'm going to talk about two more this week. So one of the things that I want you to start doing is expressing gratitude to your money for every possible exchange. I want you to visualize when you are going to get groceries, let's say, or going to put gas in your car. I want you to imagine that that's your best friend or your dad or your brother who's like, no, let me fill up your tank. No, let me grab your groceries for you. And I want you to engage with money the same way you would that family member or best friend. Would you just be like, whatever, and not say thank you? No, you would have extreme gratitude. Thank you so much for grabbing all of those groceries for me. I can't tell you how much that means to me. (laughs) Thank you for filling up my tank. Oh, my word. That was so gracious of you. I appreciate you so very much. We're talking about an energetic exchange. So think about examples in your life where you've had relationships where you felt zero gratitude from that other person. Mm -hmm. You feel taken advantage of. You feel like... Everything you do is never enough. They just nitpick you about the things you haven't done. They don't acknowledge the things that you have put an effort in. This is a major issue in in, in relationships and marriages because we focus so acutely on what our partner hasn't done and we nitpick the shit out of that and don't look at all of the amazing things they have done. For sure. So true. On a relationship level, and this is sort of a tangent, but what Mr. Smith and I have started doing is we have a thing that we call magic, where we call out little instances of magic where we didn't have to do any bit of effort and something magically got done. For instance, if Mr. Smith takes out the recycling and I go into the closet and look that the recycling's gone, I make it a point to tell him, oh my God, it was magic. The recycling was totally gone. Thank you so very much for for doing that, for taking care of that. It was magic. Yeah. Or if he makes me garlic salt, which I really, really appreciate, makes me garlic garlic salt. By the from way, scratch. the garlic salt you get like Lowry's and that kind of thing has hydrogenated oil in it. I know, it's which nasty. is not good for you. Not make good. your own. <laughs> get garlic powder. Get some um, some parsley and regular salt, or you can get sea salt. And blend it up. That's all you have to do. It clumps up. So you have to have those little guys. That's the reason why the hydrogenated oil is there. It's so Side note. Yeah. You're you're welcome, you guys, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) But that's one thing that Mr. Smith does for me. And all of a sudden, I'll go into the the closet or the the cabinet and garlic salt is refilled. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's magic. And I make it a point not to take advantage. So there might be other things where he leaves his computer bag where I always want to sit down and eat my breakfast. Now, it could be very easy for me to focus on, fuck, you always leave your computer right there. I need, Instead, I, I will move it away. You usually say, oh my gosh, sorry, I put that in your way. But I make it a point to focus on all these other amazing pieces of magic that he does do for me. 
and we do this very much in tandem. So he will say the same things like, yeah. oh my gosh, it was magic. There was the bed was made. The bed was made, or the the dogs have their medication. It's magic. Yeah. So that we're focusing on all of the amazing things. So the way this relates to money is we don't think to ever be grateful to our money for actually buying our groceries. That's true. Or actually- we take it for granted almost. Putting my, gas in our car or being able to grab that coffee. Pay for the electricity. That's right. a great example. We don't think about that. What do we do? We focus on lack and scarcity. We focus on- Oh, the electrical bill was blah, blah, blah this month. Or we say, oh, I can't go. I don't have enough money. Or I can't go to that concert. I can't go to this. Or I can't afford to take that class because I don't have money. Instead of going, my God, my money has a roof over my head this this month. Yeah. Thank God I have never had to go hungry because money comes to my rescue every fucking time. It's a shift in what you are focusing on. You're focusing on the areas where you are abundant instead of focusing all your energy on where there is scarcity. Abundance. Abundance. <laughs> Abundance. <laughs> the reason why this matters and this is why I'm paralleling it to my relationship with Mr. Smith. And many of you can relate to this when you think about your own engagements with relationships in the past. With your mother-in-law who nitpicks you about every fucking thing when you're like, but don't you see how amazing I am to your son in this way or your daughter in this way? Mm-hmm. Because we can all relate to the repelling nature that that has in a real life person-to-person relationship. It is not any different when we're talking about engaging with our money. Yeah. It is pure and simple and energetic exchange. That's it. The same reason Mr. Smith and I have this amazing relationship is because we diligently and habitually focus on the awesome. And anything that is needing rectification or we want to change it, we approach it in a way like, hey, would you mind working on this or what would you think about this? And a majority of our life is spent in gratitude and appreciation for the other one constantly, daily, with repetition. And that is also why we've been together for two decades and are sublimely happy. It's the exact same reason why we have started having this massive love affair with our money and now it's just coming in bulk and we keep going like, oh my God, we're so wealthy. All this money is coming to us. And not in an elitist, pompous way, but in a abundant, grateful, gracious gracious way. Like, oh my gosh, what a healthy relationship. I I think one of the things I caught myself doing that I'm working on not doing is actually ignoring your money. Like not paying attention to it. Neglect. Yes, neglect. So you have talking badly like, oh, you know, I don't have enough money to do this. I don't have money to do that. But there's also like not paying attention to it at all. That's right. I haven't balanced my checkbook in over a month. That's neglect, right? You're not paying attention to your money. Therefore, you don't know where it's going. Don't know what it's up to. That's exactly right? right. If you're constantly communicating with it and going, what are you up to? What's going on with you? Mm hmm you are on the pulse of what's happening with your money and you're much more liable to understand where your money is working for you and be able to be gracious and gra- and have those conversations of, wow, look, you pay for that, you pay for this. But if you're in neglect and if yeah. you're in that, I don't, you know, um, Not enough. if it's in the closet, I don't have to look at it kind of attitude, 
then you don't have the, as much opportunity to be in the position of thanking it. That's right. Right. And we talked about forms of money abuse last episode. So we talked That's a, right. a That's lot right. about the neglect piece. Oh, did we? Oh, I forgot about that. Okay. In, no, but that's great to to remind people there are ways in which we're actually acrimonious and abusive to our financial house. Mm-hmm. So imagine, you know, if we're talking about relationships, if you grew up, let's say, with an abusive parent, does that nurture a close relationship? Yeah. Does no. that make you want to hang out more often? Right. No. Hell no. So be sure to check out the show notes page or listen to part one because I think you'll get a lot of insight into where you might be unknowingly neglecting this relationship. So then what are our points today? Maybe I need – Well, the first one was expressing gratitude. Yes, okay. So that's the major piece of this relationship bubble. Yes. And I mean for everything. I think even when you pick up a penny off the side of the road – going like, oh my God, look at you just showed up for me. Mm -hmm. How rad. I wasn't even expecting you. (laughs) Anytime you get unexpected income, celebrate the fuck out of it. That means if you thought that your electricity bill was going to be $50 and it ended up being $40, that's $10 unexpected income. So you celebrate the hell out of that. If you find coins in your carpet or in your couch or on the street – That's money just straight up. That's free fucking money. Yeah. We need to switch how we approach that. That's very similar to your spouse coming home and bringing you flowers and you going, I don't even like that flower. I don't like that color. Yeah. That's what you're doing when you're too good to pick up a penny. One of the things that is that, that I use that I think a lot of people will kind of, you can use this, is whenever I have change in my pocket, we have this really beautiful uh, ceramic painted pig that we call Klaus. Klaus. (laughs) And he sits on top of my desk and I'll take the change and I'll make a point of going up and feeding Klaus. Yes. So I'll go up and say, here you go, Klaus, this is for you. Thank you so much for saving my money for me. So I take that just, you know, 15, 20, 75 cents, whatever it is, right? Put it into Klaus and it kind of fosters a, a mentality of savings. Well, and also caretaking. Yeah. It's a it's a nurturing. It's a I'm going to put you in this this beautiful case that's going to be a caretaker for right. you. But yeah, all of this stuff is just perspective. And that's why it's so important for you to understand that whatever your current scenario is, it is your reality because of your thoughts, yeah. because of your beliefs. And that's hard for us to to really wrap our heads around because we want it to be just tell me how to invest wisely. Tell me how to manage it properly. Tell or if me, it's just overwhelming. Tell period. me how to make more of it. Not necessarily tell me how to change my mindset. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, that is everything. So get comfortable with that being the solution because it is. Yeah. So when you were asking what are our points today, so the first is exercise gratitude all over the place in every scenario you possibly can imagine. The second is getting really crystal clear about the exact amount of money that you are wanting to manifest and exactly what you are willing to do to get it. Hmm. The reason why this is so important is this is like me telling Mr. Smith, I want more romance. 
and not telling him exactly what I mean by that. So that's up for his interpretation. Does that mean initiate sex more? Does that mean to have date nights? Does that mean tell you I love you more often? If I just am totally vague about what I want, I'm going to get vague results because I'm not setting him up in this relationship to give me exactly what I need. The way this translated to my money story is I had to get really clear in my business, here's what I want to make from this from my one-on-one practice. Here's exactly what I want to make when I launch the tribe. Here's exactly what I want to make when I do retreats and getting really clear and sending out this order to the universe saying, hey, money, here's what I want. And then this is paramount saying, here's what I'm willing to do to To get get it. It's not just you dial it in. It's that you have to put in some inspired action. And a great example of this in a relationship is I don't just demand to you, I want date nights every single Friday and I want you to plan it and I'm not going to do anything. I have to say, here's what I'm asking for you in our relationship. Here's what I'm willing to do in reciprocity in order to do my part. So when I dial out to the universe, okay, here's what I want to make from this launch of the tribe. I say specifically, here's what I want. And I put that specific amount everywhere. It becomes my passwords. It becomes screensavers on my phone. It is everywhere. And then I'm really clear. Here's what I'm going to do to get it. I'm willing to invest in this. I'm willing to search out help this way. I'm willing to do marketing this way. And I'm going to give every fucking ounce of my energy to my students. So everybody who's taken a class with me knows they will get everything I can possibly give. I'm not going to just stand back and take that gift without being reciprocal to that money going, here's what I'm going to give in exchange. It's just energy. That's it. Yep. Yeah. So – Extreme gratitude and then getting really crystal clear. So for instance, if you're working in a job where you make $40,000 a year and you say, I want to be a millionaire, I want a million dollars, then you need to be very crystal clear about what you intend to do to get that. Are you going to become an investor? Are you going to take a shit ton of risks? Are you going to go back to school? Are buy you going lottery to tickets. buy lottery tickets? Are you going to start your own business? What do you intend to do to meet the energy of a million dollars? Yeah. So you need to get really clear about what it is that you want to manifest and what you're willing to do to get it. And again, I'm going to link this week as well to the manifestation pod because this is really, really an important piece. I think when the law of attraction and manifestation really became kind of a hot button topic in personal development, it got very neglected the action piece and how much you actually have to get into motion in order to manifest these things. It's not just the dream. In fact, one of my colleagues, her name is Lisa Stedman. She has a mantra of dream plus do that you need equal parts dream and equal parts doing. So dream plus do is what creates that, that reality for you. If you just dream, You're an amazing visualizer. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're creating anything. If you just do, this is what I see a lot with my clients, is they've checked off all the boxes, they've done all of these things, but they're lacking passion and happiness. Yeah, yeah. You want the marriage of both. 
And that is up to you to decide what that looks like. So getting really crystal clear on the exact amount that you want to call into your world and then what you intend to do to get it. So you got to just drew it. (laughs) (laughs) I could see your wheels turning going. "Mm." How do I put that? I was like, he's got something to brewing over there. (laughs) All right. So a couple of exercises I want you guys to do. And I'm also going to give you some resources, some great books and things that we've used some that we mentioned last week as well. So the first thing that I want you to consider doing is a letter of apology to your money. Ooh, okay. I've never done this. This was Have you done this? Yeah. You have? Okay. Yeah, this changed everything for me. Nice, okay. This was when I realized that, yeah, it's upstairs. I should show it to you. Okay. This was when I realized how abusive I was towards my money. And if I was in a relationship, I was demanding. It just manifests all this shit, but I wasn't being specific. You know, it was like- I want more romance. Okay, I'll get right on that. Yeah. So I wrote this huge letter of apology to my money. And I said, I am so sorry that I have never told you exactly what I needed and just expected you to read my mind. I am so sorry that I have constantly put you down and made you wrong when you're the thing that rescued me in every scenario. I am so sorry that I told you you were not enough over and over and over again and was never grateful when you got me out of many a pickle, you know, and I just poured my heart out as though it was a human, as though it was an entity. And then I started spelling out how I was going to behave going forward so that we could have this healthy relationship together. And I said, here's my commitment to you. Here's what I want from you. I want you to show up in big, powerful ways. And I'm going to tell you exactly what I want from you so that you're so clear. And here's what I intend to do to get it. I intend to caretake for you. I am no longer going to hope that taxes work out. I am going to be so on that that we will know exactly where I need to send you. We will know exactly how much of you I need to save. And never again will I blame you for my negligence. And just really laid into it with the reality of what what was really happening if I'm looking at it through the lens of being a relationship. Yeah. There is an amazing, amazing book that I'm listening to because I pretty much only do audiobooks. And <laughs> I'm listening to it for the second time. And it's called You Are a Badass at Making Money. And it's by Jen Sincero. I highly, highly advocate that you get your hands on this book or listen to it on audiobook. She has another assignment about writing a letter to money. And you know, if you listen to that and have a different type of approach to it, do whatever resonates for you. I felt so compelled to apologize because I felt like I had been so in the wrong. And this poor person, this poor money was doing everything to try to be there for me. And I was slapping the shit out of it. And I felt like what I really needed to do was a massive tail between my legs apology to this beautiful entity that was trying to show up. Huh. Okay. I'm downloading that right now. You are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. You are a badass at making money. It's phenomenal. And tons more ideas and mantras and things that, that can be really, really helpful for you. Okay. So exercise of letter of apology to your money. Okay. And this is also in addition to expressing extreme gratitude and all the different things that I talked about last week as well. So I want you to also have that exercise of every time you spend money, whether it's in a situation that you're happy about or not, 
grateful, right? Even if it's a parking ticket, imagine if that was your brother paying for your parking ticket okay. when, when you parked. I just got a speeding ticket. This is a great yeah. chance for me to do that. Exactly. You're the one who was speeding. Yeah. You're the one who illegally parked or whatever. Mm-hmm. And your brother swoops in and pays for it. You'd be like, oh my God, thank you so much. You can still not enjoy that you got a parking ticket yeah, or a speeding ticket or whatever. That's fine. But let's not get it twisted. It's not money's fault. Don't get it twisted. And I talk about that a lot in last episode, so be sure to hear that. All right. The next exercise that I want you to do is I want you to stop saying, I can't afford it. Okay. That comes from a place of lack and scarcity. All right. That means that you are without. I want you to start changing that to a statement that's far more powerful, which is, I choose not to spend my money on that. Okay. That's a place of, no, I have money, but I choose to spend it on this instead of that. Not, I can't afford it. Chances are you can afford it. It just means- It's not the priority. Mm -hmm. It's a priority to pay for your gas or your food or your house or your shelter instead of those Beyonce tickets. You could afford it. It's a matter of choice. And when you talk about choice, you talk about power and control and you being the owner of your destiny instead of feeling like life is just happening to you. It's It's a very small piece of semantics. And I want you to start doing that, saying I choose not to spend my money in that way, or I choose not to send my money in that direction. Yeah. Right? No more saying I can't afford it. That nurtures lack and scarcity. Reminds me of that song. I I can't remember who sings it, but it's about, uh, I don't have enough to pay my rent, so I'm going to go party. Yes. And I get so (laughs) mad at that. I know. It's so negligent. It's completely irresponsible, but they chose to put their money into uh, an experience at a club Instead of their shelter and electricity and it's, bills and things like that, right? My rent's going to be laid about a, a week, week ago. ago. <laughs> I worked my ass off, but I still can't pay it, though. Yeah. <laughs> Got just enough <laughs> to, to get go up in, in this club. club. <laughs> and I'm like, every time I hear that, I'm like, that is so fucking rude and mean to your money. It is so negligent. Anyway. Unless you're the club owner. It's abusive. It's abusive to your finances. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what I'm saying is that that was their priority. Right. Their priority was, I'm going to go have fun. Right. Irresponsible, but that was their priority. Right? Exactly. They could have said, I can't afford it and paid their bills. Right? But what you're saying is, you're saying, I choose not to spend my money on that. I'm spending it on these things. Right? Yes. Okay. Because anytime you say, I choose, you're saying, I'm owning my fucking power. Yeah, that's empowering. It's, it's everything from, I choose to say no to my in-laws. I choose to end this toxic relationship. I choose to start eh, start my own business. Anything you say like that, I choose equals power. So start saying it in relationship to your finances. I love it. Couple other resources that you definitely want to keep in mind. We talked last week about secrets of the millionaire mind. I'm going to add that to the resources in the show notes as well. That's a good one. And another colleague, uh, her name is Denise Duffield Thomas, and her entire business is all about money mindset. I will also link to her work. I have gained 
tons of insight from what she talks about as well. And one of the things that she does share about is throwing everything at it. So what that means is that you do all of the things. You do these the planning and the organizational stuff that you might get from a financial planner. You do all the fucking woo-woo law of attraction shit. You do the positive self-talk. You change your semantics. You throw everything at it. It all works because it's all energy. Yeah. And I love that Denise talks about that. So I'll throw the link to her website. She's got tons of great freebies and and great ways for you to look at your finances through a different light. And that's really all that this is. And that's all that changed for us. And now it's like it it is really radically different than yeah. how we used to operate. We only pay for things in cash. Yeah. We have zero debt. It is so incredibly empowering to feel like you have a healthy relationship it's with it. It's an awesome feeling, actually. It really is. <laughs> it really is. I mean, if one can imagine that it feels good to be out of debt, right? But of course. You, you, you don't really feel it until you're there. You mm-hmm. know, you, you don't really grasp how good it feels or how empowering it is until you're actually there. Yeah. But taking those steps to get there. One other book that um, was huge for me was uh, Money Masters of the Game. Oh, yeah. By Tony Robbins. Now, that one is a lot more technical. It's one I would suggest getting a physical copy of. Oh, it's so hard to listen to. Because it's hard to listen to. There's a lot of numbers and things like that. But he interviews all of these masters of money and gets their ideas about how they change their mental game about money. Yep. So uh, that might be one for more technical or sophisticated people. Or if you are really analytical. Analytical, yeah. Or mm-hmm. if you've done a lot of this stuff with your financial house as well, that book is very heavy on the investment piece. Right. So it's a great next level into expanding wealth. Right. I wouldn't start there. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But it is amazing if you're any, any engineers out there <laughs> or very analytical people, I think you'll love it. Or, like I said, people who want to take it to the next level and really catapult their investments. I really hope that this is helpful for you. What I really want you to understand more than anything is that it is absolutely fucking possible to change your relationship to us. I feel like if we could do it, anybody can do it. And that's what Jen Sincero says in her book, too. And she gives great uh, anecdotes about how she lived and had lived on a futon forever and what, how attached she was to her brokenness. That's motivating though. It to, is. To hear those stories and go, oh man, this guy started sleeping on people's couches. Started from the bottom, now I have. <laughs> exactly. And now he's, you know, owns islands. It's, it's amazing. It is. It truly is. I would love to hear from you, so be sure to go pop over in After Hours. You can find the link in the show notes or just go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It'll redirect you. And I have a feeling we're going to have lots of conversations about this in our weekly cue and slay videos that I do over in After Hours. So if you want more freebies, more content, more connection, be sure to come over and hang out. And I think that's everything. Anything else you wanted to say? Every once in a while, I'll come over and make a cameo mm-hmm. in the – after hours as well. And everyone's like, oh, Mr. Smith, oh my God. And I'm <laughs> like, so what cute. am I, chop liver? <laughs> it's funny. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so we'll see you around these parts next week. Here's to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Mm.